gentlemen, welcome to episode 16 of the Welcome to My World podcast, a offshoot of the Massive Attack podcast, or a, what would you call it? Subsidiary? Subsidiary. Sounds good. I like it. It's a fancy word. Yeah. That's a, that's a $4 word, that one. Is it? Mm. I didn't yes. know we were paying for our words. No. Who am I paying? What? Anyway, so I'm Mitch, your host with me as always is Joe. Hello. Hello. And this, we're, we're welcoming to my world, you're, we're welcoming you to our world of 80s classic, in inverted commas, sword and sorcery slash sci-fi epics. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you'd call this an epic. So Krull was sci-fi. the first one. And in watching Krull, we, we were discussing other films that we watched as a kid on, on, on VHS. I think your exact words were, hey, do you remember that movie with the dude that had the three-pronged sword? Yeah, that, that was it. And I just went, what, Sword and the Sorcerer? Yeah. And we decided that, yeah, maybe we should watch Sword and the Sorcerer. Because I saw it once, and I can't remember if it was on Channel 10. It was a Friday night. I don't know why I remember this so vividly. It was a Friday night, and it was either Ivan Hutchinson or... Bill Collins introduced it. I think they're, it was Ivan. interchangeable. I think it was Ivan. One had a moustache. One was on Channel 7 and one was on Channel 10. Correct. And they sort of talked about the movie beforehand. I missed that, yeah. having an intro. And he talked about the villain at the end looks a bit like that new villain at Freddy Krueger. So I remember it was around that time. And yeah, I remember the three-pronged sword and a dude's flesh coming off to reveal the monster inside. That the, the only thing I remember, I saw it the once, and that's it. So I was like, I remember that. I don't remember, oh, I, <laughs> I don't remember it being great. So I wasn't sure. But yeah, so I never went back and rewatched it. I can remember seeing it, what I thought. I think I saw it a lot when I was younger. Okay. And watching it again recently... I was Kroll like, you thought you saw. You did see a lot. I, I yeah. definitely knew more of Kroll than I knew of this. When I went back and watched this, there was bits that I remembered, but there was a lot of it I was like, hey, where's the bit where they stir the big cauldron and the eyeballs float up? And you're like, no, that's Beastmaster. Yeah. And then I was like, where's the bit where this happened? And you're like, no, that's this movie. So there was a lot of things that I kind of thought was in this, but it wasn't. But then there was a lot of things in this that I was like, yeah, there's definitely the three-prong three prong sword that he kind of shot off. <laughs> and well there was that kind of movie but he kind of at one stage shot off his two prongs of his sword That's and it, it. Was, it was like well what are you going to do now you've just got one sword and what did he do did he go and grab those prongs later and stick them back in his sword I don't I know so. I don't know maybe we're jumping the gun maybe we should talk a little bit about the plot before we jump into what we thought of it what I thought of it mm. <laughs> well we right. watched it on Amazon Prime yes because you were like oh it's on Amazon it's Prime it's streaming on Amazon Prime because we talked about it and then I said it's there I had a look I was like let's watch it and it's like oh it's a Riff Tracks version now, if you don't know what Rift Tracks is, it's the Mystery Science Theatre 3000 guys. Yeah. If you don't know what Mystery Science Fiction Theatre 3000 is, it's a bunch of guys that would get really cheap and hokey films and talk over the top of them yep. with funny comments. And it can be very, very funny. Some, not all jokes land, but they, they, there's so many of them that there are going to be some, and some they just nail. Like, yeah. The more obscure, the better sometimes. Some of the obvious ones are just like, oh, you didn't have to just... Let that one go. Yep. Some of them are just like, all right, that's left field. That's awesome. There definitely um, was a few left field lines in this that cracked me up. So I was like, that was the only version. And we go, oh, we should watch the real version first before we watch the Rift Tracks one. And we watched it like 10 minutes. And I was like, no, fuck it. We're not watching this Rift twice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thank God for the Rift Tracks because I don't think I would have enjoyed it. No. Like even a fun, enjoy, bad watch, I don't think. It was just similar to Krull. It was like, it's so earnest. 
bit dull. Hmm. Like a lot happened, and to be honest, I couldn't pay attention. And I mean, with riff tracks talking over the top, I probably did miss important bits if I really wanted to pay attention to the plot. But it's sort of there was a bad guy. Richard Lynch was a bad guy, and he summoned a demon. This is tell me if I'm wrong. No, okay. So he summoned a demon, which is cool. And then he killed the demon. Yeah. So, and then he was, he, and then he was like the uber bad guy. Yeah. And then he got older, and he had the weird pedo beard and all that sort of stuff. And then you had a, then all of a sudden there was a hero, and he sort of got a band of merry men. I'm confusing with Kroll really badly. Yep. Like he had a three prong sword because it was a big dude who turned <laughs> up and saved people. But you said that was him. But then there was another guy who was like trapped or yep. All right. so the- I don't know who was who. I basically, thought that was the same people. Basically, it starts off with Rich, Richard Lynch summons this big bad guy because he wants to kill the bad guy to take his power so he can have ultimate power. So he then becomes this ultimate bad guy. He kills a bunch of the leaders of the world. One of them is the mother and father of this young kid called Talon. Talon. Talon then grows up to be the hero of the movie with the three-pronged sword. Okay. And they cross paths again. Yeah. At one stage, Talon is rescuing this fair maiden. Mm. And Talon's a bit of a pants man. And I think that's something I probably didn't pick up on when I was watching this movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Unlike your hero in Kroll, who's doing it for the righteous reasons. But his wife. Yeah. Or his 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 fiancée. Betrothed. Betrothed, betrothed, that's the word. But in this, Talon is basically just doing it so he can score. And he meets this woman. He kind of propositions her a little bit. And she says to him that, I'll only do what you want if you help me save my brother, who is imprisoned in this tower. And he then sort of goes, all right, but you've got to sleep with me if I go and do it. I don't think he actually says that, but I think he insinuates that. So she's like, all right, if you can rescue my brother, I'll I'll do what you want. It's kind of like in uh, Cruel Intentions, where it's like, I'll let you stick it anywhere sort of thing. But not quite (laughs) to that extent. Yeah. Yeah. So he then goes off, fights Richard Lynch again, rescues the brother, gets himself captured at one stage, has a few fights, meets a bunch of people that are in the jail He's with him. One of them was some dude that you said was in Murphy Brown. Yeah, Frank Fontana from Murphy Brown. Yeah. yeah. Did we mention that the bad guy is actually played by Richard Mole, who was the from Night Court. bull mm. from Night Court? Yeah. But anyway, it turns out that there's this big creature that's helping Richard Lynch, but it's really the ogre from the start in disguise as a human. Yeah. I'm doing a really bad rehash of this plot. It, but it's telling it, me what I need to know because I didn't. It's not. It, it sounds like a rehash, but that's how bad the movie is as far as the plot goes. So this big guy that's been helping Talon all along turns out to be the ogre in disguise in a human suit. <laughs> and, and he's very much... Like that scene in Men in Black where he's Wearing walking around in his head suit. It's, it's like this ogre goes from being a normal human to the very next scene he's all floppy-armed and his head kind of peels off and he's this burnt ogre underneath. Yeah. And then there's a weird fight in the end and the heroine is laying on the ground getting attacked by a snake. There's just so much going on in this movie, but yet nothing happens, yeah. if that makes sense. I mean, Krell was probably had more... Ambition, like yep. with the fire mares and exactly. things like that. This just probably would have been great on VHS. Like on the big screen, it would have looked shit because we're looking at it now going, HD doesn't do it well. The swords, the props look so yep. crap, like aluminium, like not even poly yeah, exactly. steel and things like that. It's just like, oh, just, just a bit naff. Yeah. I just didn't get sucked into it. I don't know what it was. It just I, I think the story itself is just so all over the place that it's very hard to follow. Yeah. Talon himself is walking around looking like Barry Gibb in a, a fur coat. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. No, but he doesn't look like a hero. He just looks 
like a dude from the 80s. Well, I suppose there was a level. You had Star Wars and you had Conan. So no one looked like Arnie. There no. Was no, you couldn't even try. And I suppose the other equivalent, you had Star Wars, Indiana Jones and Conan. Yep. And there was, uh, you know, the budgets and the story and the storytelling. And it drops down very quickly below that. There's yep. nothing even close to those on on scale. Where Beastmaster, I think, not dropping the lead here, but we're going to do Beastmaster next. I yes, think. we yeah. are. Right. And I have fonder memories of that. And there I was a lot I've... more sequels of those. So I was sort of like, there must be a reason. And I think I've seen Beastmaster a lot more times. Like, I, I think I've probably seen this a couple of times back in the 80s. <laughs> And maybe a few times since. Mm. It didn't have the memories for me that Kroll or Beastmaster do. Yeah, it was just nothing iconic about it. Other than the three-pronged sword. Yeah, yeah, which was a bit naff in the end. And they have that fight in the end and he breaks the sword and then he kind of just takes the hilt off and uses the sword as a dagger. And the bad guy's also got a sword that he kind of breaks in half and just got like a little like dagger in the end of his sword. And it's like, well, why not just start the fight with the daggers? I do. No, I don't. There, there was just so many things wrong with this movie. Yeah, it just it was a bit nothing. As far as observations go, though, there was a lot more boobs in this than I remembered. Yeah. There's one scene where he swings into a castle and he lands in the harem and he pretty much lands, you know, face down in in between a girl's legs. And it's like, I don't remember that from when I was a teenager. And clearly at one stage as well, the main character or the female main character is in the harem. But you can tell it's a body double because the body looks nothing like (laughs) what she does when she's in character the rest of the time. So And Reflex made a joke about that. Oh, yeah, they did. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just random people for no reason. As you said, the dude from Murphy Brown is... Pirate, I think, and there's no other reference to pirates. It's all you know, knights and sorcery, and then suddenly there's some pirates, mm. and yeah. But the weaponry just looks shit. They everything just looks so fake. Yeah, and the costumes look kind I, of like leftovers from other things. Because obviously there are better movies out. Oh, there's like there's Lady Hawk and things like that from mm. memory around a similar era. These are just sort of those cheap, not straight to video, but they're just sort of like that level below. That we're sort of attacking now because people talk about Lady Hawk still. Yeah. People don't talk about Sword in the Source. No, they don't. So, so, you know, we're, we're sort of attacking those. So, we're not going to say they're all shit around that time. But, um, yeah. Well, this, apparently, this we'll, we'll go through a few things. Mm. So, it was released in April in 1982. Oh, okay. It's a lot earlier than I thought. Yeah. So, it had a budget of $4 million and it made $39 million in the box office. Mm. So they class it as being one of the most successful fantasy movies of that period. Okay. So obviously it was doing something right. It's got an 80% rating as fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So again, they're obviously doing something right. Maybe we just me. didn't see it. I don't Maybe. Know. So it was directed by a dude called Albert Pun. I think he's Pune. 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 Yeah, who went on to do Cyborg with John Claude Van Damme and a lot kick, of Canon films Kickboxer and stuff, 2 and yeah. a lot of yeah, martial arty Mm. sci-fi fantasy type movie. So this was his directorial debut. Okay. So it's he's got a bit of a pedigree since. So everyone has to start somewhere, I guess. Yep, yep. But as I said, the, the main thing that really stuck in my craw, craw I guess, yeah. was just the shittiness of the costumes mm-hmm. and the fact that none of the weaponry looked real. Everything looked like just shit plastic or... Like what just, kids were making middle class. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make a sword with what I've got around here. Yeah. They look like LARPers. <laughs> No, LARP take a lot more care in this stuff. But compare that to the fact that I can't remember exactly what year Conan came out, but I think it was not long after this. 82, I think. It might might have even been the same year, but the fact that Conan, everything looks real. It's epic. Yeah. It it really felt epic. The costumes look real. The weapons look real. Arnie looks real. mm. And he's just this big muscle dude, but yeah, Talon is 
As I said, just looks like Barbarian. 82, Conan, the Barbarian. Well, same year. Exactly. Must have been later in the year, though. So comparing this to the other movies of its ilk, it really doesn't hold up. But I'm glad we kind of watched the Rift Tracks version. As you said, it made it a bit more entertaining than it needed to be. But it also probably tarnished as well. If you're taking the piss out of it, it yeah. sort of like tarnished you and saying, where if I watched it with the Criterion, you know, commentary <laughs> with some scholar talking about, oh, the way he juxtaposed that position and using those, he's using, I was going to say Hemingway, but not, you know, Bergman style lighting there. Yeah. He's referencing the seventh seal. I would turn around and say, oh, what a work of genius, you know, <laughs> but it's yeah. just like, so, so coming in with that jaded sort of opinion from the Rift Track guys sort of didn't help it in that way. Maybe. And it is. 30-something years old. Exactly. And a bit shit. And, and it looked 30-something years <laughs> yeah. old. So I'm glad we went back and watched it purely for the fact that we we've now got- We don't have to watch got, it again. Well, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to watch it again. But now we've got a comparison. We can sort of go, crawl good, Sword and the Sorcerer bad. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. anyway, on that note- Cool. That was Sword and the Sorcerer. Yes. We're going to be back next month for our Welcome to so the World. So I've already teased what we're going to watch. So if you want to catch up, you can watch Beastmaster, which I think if you're on Amazon Prime, you can watch it. Well, not with us, but you can- You can watch it, yes. You can watch it. Yeah. Mm. And I think definitely Beastmaster is a movie that I watched a lot more as a kid. So. Mark Singer? Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. I can remember getting very excited in the early About 80s. About Mark Singer? No. Oh. I was in the city of Melbourne when one of those times where I was in high school and I caught the train into the city- and I can remember seeing a big Kenworth truck, big black truck with airbrushed Beastmaster movie uh, poster all across the back of the cabin. I remember going to the motor show and the boat show with my father and there was the airbrushing Yeah, because that was the thing then. And, and it was like, I remember this boat and it was like either another barbarian or sort of superhero-y sort of women and they're... It's a bit risque. Yeah. It was like a high cut front wedgies going on and pubes painted like really? on purpose doing it. It's like I was catching so, more more glimpses than I needed to as a ten year old looking at these things going, I shouldn't be looking at these, but it's, it's doing something for me. So just for our younger listeners, pubes <laughs> are hairs that no, I almost feel like I have to do that, but no. It was a different time though, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. On that note, mm. let's stop teasing next month. Let's end now. And we'll be back in a little while with a better movie than Sword and the Sorcerer. Well, we hope. Oh, Who knows? I, I think we it will We can be. assume. Mm. All right. All right. Thank, thank you, Mitch. No, bye. We'll see you soon.